Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. And this is Black and Abdallah, WMVP, WSHE, HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. It's Black and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000. You can watch us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. Check us out on YouTube Live. Also, listen to us on the ESPN Chicago app. I'm Adam Abdallah. Chris Black has the night off. In for Chris tonight is Tyler Rocky. Hi, Tyler. Hello. You want to yell about some quarterbacks? Is that what we're doing today? I guess, man. It's just every, it's every day. Like, I haven't... I'm starting to agree with what uh, with Cap said. Cap said a few weeks ago that there is not a more polarizing athlete in the history of Chicago sports than Justin Fields. And I think it's because of the, the world we live in now with social media, and I sound like an old person for saying that. Um, but when Derek Rose had his press conference and said that, mm-hmm. He's worried about his knees when his kid walks for graduation. He wants to be able to walk with his kid at graduation or whatever it was. The city blew up. We had full phones for weeks and weeks and weeks, just like this. Uh, When, you know, when Trubisky, not Trubisky, when Jay Cutler uh, sat out the, the whatever it was of the NFC Championship game, left because he was injured, and people were saying he could have played, should have toughed it out. I tore him. We had every... Tom, Dick, and Harry that said that they I tore my meniscus and I was back it's like, okay, cool. Awesome. We had full phones on Jay Cutler supporting him or not for a month, month and a half. Same thing, right? But we didn't have like Twitter. We didn't have right. people coming at you left and right. I guess with Trubisky we did obviously. With Zach Levine we have. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the conversation. Right. Derek Rose, Jay Cutler, Zach Levine, Trubisky, you kind of have to make fields. it an internet era discussion. Yeah, because otherwise, your point—the point—is moot because yeah. all the polarization around athletes in general it is on steroids these days because Absolutely. of social media. Yeah, and I don't know how you can watch what we saw this weekend in the playoffs mm-hmm. from Jordan Love and C.J. Stroud and not want more for your franchise. I'm a Bears fan first. You are also a Bears fan first. I like Justin Fields. Mm -hmm. He's a super nice guy. He's a great leader. He's done everything that's been asked from him. The problem is, in his third year in the NFL, we haven't seen enough for me to say that you shouldn't use the first overall pick on a quarterback of this level of talent class that we've seen so far. If the Bears only had the ninth overall pick, We wouldn't be having this discussion. If they didn't luck into the first overall pick from the Panthers, if this trade never happens, or let's say the Panthers were good Mm -hmm. and ended up winning the South or ended up doing whatever and you had a later pick, we wouldn't be having this discussion. Because right now the Bears are sitting in a position to control the draft with the number one pick and the number nine pick of their own. And I think that if you look at C.J. Stroud and Jordan Love, both of them threw for around 4,100 yards this year. 4,100 yards this year. 
In yards, Jordan Love was 7th. C.J. Stroud was 8th. Jordan Love had 32 touchdowns. C.J. Stroud had 23 touchdowns. 5 interceptions for Stroud. 11 interceptions for Jordan Love. 6th in quarterback rating for C.J. Stroud. 11th in quarterback rating for Jordan Love. And I know that Jordan Love sat behind Aaron Rodgers for three years, and then that's fine. Good for him. C.J. Stroud was thrown into it. Yeah. Thrown right into it. Thrown to guys I've never heard of. Right? <laughs> both of them. Yeah. Thrown to, thrown to receivers, both guys. Thrown to receivers that I've never heard of. This is Justin Fields' third year. He threw for 2,500 yards, 16 touchdowns, 9 interception. He had 4 rushing touchdowns. If you say... Let's say he played 17 games, right? If I take those numbers and I extrapolate them out to 17 games, let's say he never gets hurt. He plays all 17 games. He would have had 3,300 yards, 21 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Now, there's no guarantee that that's what actually he would have ended up with. But that's his third year, right? I went through and I looked at some other quarterbacks that took major jumps. Mm -hmm. This is his third year. Yep. 2,500 yards, 16 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, okay? Dak Prescott, in his third year with the Cowboys, almost 4,000 yards. He threw for 3,885 yards, 22 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, 6 rushing touchdowns, okay? Josh Allen, in his third year, 4,500 yards, 37 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 8 rushing touchdowns. Mm -hmm. Jalen Hurts, in his third year, 3,700 yards, 22 touchdowns, 6 interceptions, 13 rushing touchdowns. And a trip to the Super Bowl. And a trip to the Super Bowl. Now, his roster was a lot better. I get that. Trevor Lawrence, same draft as Justin Fields. Mm -hmm. I would say he had a very crappy offensive line this year. A lot of times, he made bad decisions. He still threw for 4,000 yards. He threw for 21 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. A lot of bad interceptions for him. I understand that. And the guys that I go to who made the jump even sooner, Lamar Jackson in his second year threw for 3,100 yards, 36 touchdowns, and six interceptions. He also had seven rushing touchdowns. And Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson in his second year in the NFL threw for 4,100 yards, 26 touchdowns, nine interceptions, five rushing touchdowns. What's crazier to me, Tyler is that in 2020, when Deshaun Watson, his last year on the Texans, Bill O'Brien got fired after an 0-4 start. They had a interim head coach. They had the uh, 23rd-ranked offensive line in the NFL. He was throwing to not the greatest of weapons. He led the league in yards with 4,800 yards yeah. and 33 touchdowns, sevens interceptions. Okay, He was 7th in the league in touchdowns. He led the league in yards. And to me, all of those examples, even if your team is crap, even if your coaching is crap, good quarterbacks elevate a team. You can't tell me that Deshaun Watson had better coaching than Justin Fields. His coach was fired halfway through the year. They were one of the worst teams in the NFL. And he still threw for 4,800 yards and led the league in yards and was seventh in touchdowns. So you can't tell me that coaching is everything. It's part of it. It's absolutely part of it. But it's not everything. Your offensive line isn't everything. Look at what Russell Wilson did with a banged up crappy offensive line in Seattle for years. Made the team better. 
before he was traded to the Broncos. Same thing with Watson. Same thing with Watson. It's not that I don't like Justin Fields. He's great. He's a great person. He might be a great Atlanta Falcon. Who knows? But the fact that Bears fans don't want more, to me, is shocking. And I do think that everybody does want more. I think it's a very vocal minority Mm -hmm. that doesn't want to take a quarterback with the first overall pick. But going through these numbers, you can't say that it can't be done, that Justin Fields has underperformed in his three years as a Bear. Yeah, I think that when you talk about the wanting of more, like I think everyone wants more, but the people who are still in the Fields camp, they think Justin Fields can bring you more. And I just, I've I've reached the point where it's like it's not going to happen because you think about all those guys, you usually see it by year three. But in a lot of cases, you see, you don't necessarily have to win the award, but you see in year two, you kind of enter the MVP conversation, mm-hmm. right? Like, C.J. Stroud is going to be an MVP candidate next year in all likelihood. Oh, yeah. He's <laughs> he going to win Rookie of the Year. He's going to win sure. Rookie of the Year, no doubt, this this year. He's going to, I won't say run away with it, because Puka Nakua had a fantastic season. And eh, it was just come a, on. But he, was, <laughs> but he was a victim of the fact that he didn't play quarterback. He, yes. like, he was fantastic, yes. though. Um, but you, you look at every, everyone that, like Lamar Jackson, year two. He wins the MVP. Joe Burrow, year two, he's in the conversation. Like You see all these guys that they make the leap at that point in time, and you're just not seeing that right now. You need, as everyone likes to say, the multiplier. You need to be a win-because-of guy. Justin, right now, I don't even know if he's a win-with guy. Because I, 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 you haven't won with him. Like mm-hmm. You may be able to go out and, and bolster the roster, and sure, you can do that. That may get you the pop-up year. When you don't, when you go out and find a quarterback who can can get you to the playoffs, if he needs a lot of help, mm-hmm. but that's not a way to sustain success. The way to sustain success is you can pay the quarterback all this money, and it doesn't really matter what your receiving weapons look like on the outside, what your offensive line looks like. You can the quarterback is good enough that they can find ways to maneuver past it. They can overcome whatever sort of deficiencies you may have roster-wise because the quarterback's been paid. Now, if you go out and draft a quarterback this year, that's something you don't even have to worry about for five years. That's something that is a year six problem. And if we're talking about a quarterback who has been so good that we're talking about potentially making him the highest-paid player in the league at that point, like then you found your guy. Then you have found the, the no-question guy, and you deal with that problem down the road. Absolutely. And I don't even need wins. You know, you can elevate a team, and if I think if Fields played better this year, like if Fields had those Deshaun Watson numbers that he had in 2020, the Texans were 4-12 and that year. Like, they weren't a good football team because their defense sucked. He had barely any weapons, and they were losing games 43-35 to every time, right? Yeah. Like, they just weren't good enough. Right. That's why Bill O'Brien was fired after 0-4 start, and Romeo Cornell went 4-8 and with the team. They were 4-12. and mm-hmm. Like, the wins don't... But for this team, for this Bears team, they could have absolutely won more games yes. if Fields was better because the defense was playing so well. The problem is, and 312-332-3776... If you want to jump in, is it time for the Bears to just make the decision and move on from Justin Fields? I think it's fairly obvious. And I think that we said this before the season started, that the Bears put themselves in a perfect position. Before the season started, when they traded with the Panthers and got the pick from them for this year, it was we were talking about how, look, you can go in and say, we're not looking at a quarterback, 
No one wowed us. We're going to stick with Fields because you had the safety net of this pick. If you have two first-round picks, you can move up and take a quarterback if you needed to. You don't even need to do that. You can just take the quarterback at one. Yeah. And you have the most cap space in the NFL. Not technically after you probably pay Palin, uh, Jalen Johnson and that kind of thing. But you'll have a top five cap space in the NFL. You have a your own first round pick. You don't have a second round pick, but you've got the rest of the draft to fields, figure it you out. You might have a yeah. second round pick. If you move, and according to Mel Kuyper Jr., you might have the eighth <laughs> overall pick, which is just absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. But to me, looking through these numbers and looking at these quarterbacks like Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Trevor Lawrence, Lamar, Dak, Deshaun Watson, and looking and seeing what C.J. Stroud and Jordan Love did, they're going to the divisional round of the playoffs. Like they have a legit. No, I don't know if it's legit. I think that the I think that the honeymoon ends this weekend for both teams because I think they're going to hit. Both of them are hitting mm-hmm. juggernauts. They're both playing one seeds. But, exactly. But here's the thing: is they're both playing one seeds in their first years as starters. Absolutely. And if either one of them won, would you really be that surprised? No. Like, I wouldn't pick it, but if it happened, I wouldn't I be. See, su- I, I see a path for it to happen in both instances. I wouldn't be surprised if the Texans found a way to win. I'd kind of be surprised if the Packers That's how I would lean, too. And we've yeah. seen, like, the Niners just kind of own the Packers, yeah. too, for yeah. years now. I have a feeling that's how it's going to go. 312-332-3776. Let's go to Jake in Northbrook. What's up, Jake? Hey guys, how you doing? Good. Um, I was basically I was um, thinking about it. Ryan Poles, he didn't pick Justin Fields, obviously, so I don't think he's going to want to tie his at GM career because GMs often don't get second chances. I don't think he's going to want to tie his career to a guy who he didn't pick and clearly isn't you know enamored over. Um, so I don't see how they don't pick Caleb Williams. Um, it's more to me just Bears fans in general. Who think Fields is going to stay? I think Fields is a goner, and they knew that a few weeks ago. Yeah, no, Jake. I think I think you're right. Thanks for the call. You know, it's one of the right. other things with Ryan Poles too. One of the things I think we've learned a little bit about Ryan Poles. We haven't learned a lot, but one of the big things we've learned about Ryan Poles is he is a tremendously value based person when it comes to money. Mm-hmm. And like you, you look at. Not giving the money to Roquan Smith, not uh, going out and paying some of these top tier free agents in the last class. He did pay Tremaine Edmonds, um, and, but he got value based deals on guys like T.J. Edwards. Yeah, and boy, did that pay off this year. He's he's a guy who's been looking for value when it comes to dollars and cents, and the quarterback situation. Like if we're talking about it strictly from a financial situation, this is a no brainer. You draft the quarterback number one overall. And that's to me why part of why I think that Ryan Poles ultimately, when the decision is going to be made, he is going to draft Caleb Williams. Yeah, I think so too. I think that it's it's the uh, Occam's razor, right? Like the most mm-hmm. likely outcome is yeah. the one that you think is is the most likely, right? Yeah. And the most likely outcome is trading Justin Fields, resetting your financial clock, because I could see a scenario where you look at what someone's offering you for that number one pick. And there's an offer that you just can't turn down, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you obviously cannot turn down this option. Like, if the Raiders end up, you know, hiring Harbaugh and Max Crosby demands a trade, then Mm -hmm. you take their pick and you get Max Crosby and you get a pick for next year and that kind of Mm -hmm. thing and the pick the year after that or whatever you want. Yeah. And then you're like, this is just too good. Like, I'm sorry. 
you're still probably trying to find a way to draft a quarterback. Oh, you absolutely are. You'd end up taking one because you maybe recoup a second-round pick and you mm-hmm. take one there. And who knows? Maybe you tr- trade up because you'll all of a sudden have two first-round picks in that top absolutely. 10-ish range. And yes, I can see that as a way to build your franchise for the future. But the fastest way to go from the bottom of the pool to the top of the pool is your quarterback. Look at the Texans. Look at the Packers. No one kind of thought the I mean, people were like, ah, maybe Jordan Love. I don't know. I don't know. And then look at what they're doing now. They're playing in the second round of the playoffs here. Let's go to Earl. Earl's in Hyde Park. What's up, Earl? Hey, how are you guys doing, man? Good. Good. You know, you made the comment earlier that coaching, it matters, but it doesn't really matter is what you said. And I'm saying coaching is everything for that position. I listened to an interview with Troy Aikman, and, you know, his first year as a, as a Cowboy, I think they went 1-15. in 15. And he admitted, he said it wasn't until they brought in North Turner that their offense began clicking and that he clicked as a quarterback. And, I, you know, I, I listened to you guys, and you, everybody, when the Bears chose Fields, everybody was enamored. Oh, man, we, we got our quarterback. We got our quarterback. And here it is three years later. Now we're talking about let's get rid of him. And the thing with the Bears, the Bears have never had a quarterback. If there was a season where we had a quarterback, an awesome quarterback, and then they brought in Fields and Fields didn't turn out, I could see that. But you've never had a great quarterback. So to me that says there's something systemic within that organization. And then the last thing is how can you choose a quarterback when you don't even have an OC, right? And I think this is the problem with – when I listen to talk radio, it's a lot of nonsense coming across. You know, you have a guy on there saying Thanks. Devin Hester doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame who supposedly played football. I, I don't know how he even makes that comment. But it just seems that a lot is ignored. And it seems like all we want is someone who looks talented, not whether they fit into a system, not whether they, you know, are, are, are a good quarterback who can fit into a system. I mean – I think about Jordan Love, most of you on talk radio would have gotten rid of Jordan Love years ago because I remember everybody on talk radio talking about how the guy sucked. And so it's just, I, I listen to all this nonsense coming across the radio, and I'm, I'm not a Justin Fields fan, but what I'm saying is I, I just find that so many people ignore the total story with Justin Fields. With Justin Fields, you know, multiple, multiple systems, you know, um, you, uh, Getzey. I mean, I could have called some of those plays. Luke Getzey to me was just, you know, Matt Nagy, you know, part two. So, you know, everybody's enamored with with Caleb. I guarantee you, in three or four years, everybody just like now, everybody wants to get rid of Fields. You're going to have the same thing with Caleb Williams. Well, so that, Earl, that, that, that's Earl, how do you how do you explain Deshaun Watson though? In his second year, Bill O'Brien, bad Bill O'Brien. Would you say Bill O'Brien's a good coach? He went for 4,100 yards, 26 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. And then the year that he had two head coaches and no weapons and no offensive line, he threw for 4,800 yards and 33 touchdowns and only 7 interceptions. That team went 4-12, and 12, and he still yeah, showed but, you but, but, that he was one of the who, best quarterbacks in the NFL. Who are his playmakers, though? See that? He didn't you know, have, didn't have any. He didn't have playmakers. Oh, he had, he had, you have to be a playmaker in order to throw 4,100 yards. You have to. No, no, no. Like you guys, you want it, do you the playmakers on the like the legitimate like difference-making receivers, like right. alpha receivers on the Packers right now? Right. I'm not talking about stars. I'm talking about playmakers. That's his, what you have going his leading on with receivers, right now. His leading receivers were Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks. Okay. Those aren't playmakers. Still, 
Those they are just guys. If he, if, he, if he threw for 4,100 yards, he has to have playmakers. Okay. Right? And, so, and does, just Field, like, just does like, Fields not have playmakers? He's got DJ Moore. He's got a top 10 wide receiver. How long has DJ Moore been with the Bears? Doesn't matter. How long is how long is Deshaun? No. I'm saying I'm saying long, that this is Deshaun how Watson's. D, how long has DJ Moore been, been there for with one the year? But Deshaun Watson in his exactly. second year threw for 4,100 exactly. yards. Is that, no, so you, but you can't. You compare apples to oranges, right? I'm not. I'm comparing like, quarterbacks to quarterbacks. No, no, you're not. Just like I, I hear you guys say, "Hey, look at those." We don't know any of those receivers on Green Bay. But you know what those receivers, they're playmakers. You don't know their names, but they're playmakers. They catch the ball. And that's how a quarterback who's on a bad team can throw for 4,100, 44. He has playmakers. Now, Earl, what's your definition have, of a playmaker? Are we, or maybe we're speaking different languages here. Yeah, these guys aren't playmakers. Who, a playmaker is somebody who doesn't have to have the ball come directly to him to catch it. He can go and get the ball. That's what you have going on with Green Bay right now. Those guys go and get the ball. You don't know any of those names. None of those names even stuck out to you until the playoffs. I heard you talking about, like, Wick. Who's Wick? Wick is a playmaker. Who are these a lot other of those, guys? A lot They're of those playmakers. balls are right on his hands, too. No. Yeah, a lot of those they balls, are. Look at it. A lot of those balls, they have to go and get them. They have to go. They're playmakers. They go and get the ball. Right? They don't drop. They rarely drop balls. And when it's thrown to them, they catch them. Those are playmakers. Rather they, rather they're a top-tier name or not, they're playmakers. And in a few years, their names are going to be at the top. You're going to recognize those names. But right Jordan now, Love, hold on, Earl, 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 Jordan Love's leading receiver, Jalen Reed, had 700 yards this year. That's not a playmaker. He was 42nd among wide receivers. 40 seconds. But see, but see, here it goes again. But what? You're, 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 you're highlighting one. Okay. What Green Bay, the other what, one what didn't Green even Bay? crack the top no. 50. I'm going, Romeo Dobbs no. is the 55th no. best wide receiver. All right, what? Earl, thanks for the call. <laughs> Romeo Dobbs was the 55th ranked wide receiver in the NFL in terms of yards. Mm-hmm. What, what did I say Reed was? You said 42nd? 42nd for Jalen Reed. Like, these aren't guys. These are just guys. Mm-hmm. They're not top playmakers here. It's it, like, and that's the thing is like, you're seeing Jordan Love elevate guys right now. You're seeing CJ Stroud yes. elevate guys. What did Nico Collins have receiving yet last year in, in Dallas? Like 400 yards. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden he He's comes eighth to, in yards. And all of a sudden he goes to, to Houston. He wasn't even the top receiver most of the year in Houston. It was Tank Dell for most of the year. And it's like, it's, you find guys that can elevate others. And you're seeing, like, I think a perfect example of this, right? What Aaron Rodgers did in Green Bay, Alan Lazard. Yeah. Alan Lazard is a talk about a guy who was elevated by his quarterback. Alan Lazard was respectable in the NFL. Mm-hmm. It wasn't because Alan Lazard was some great receiver. No, it was because he had a quarterback who helped him out. And, and that's what Jordan Love, you're seeing him do it right now. Absolutely. You're seeing him do it across that receiver cast because that is a bunch of nobodies on that receiver <laughs> cast right now. There, there's no first rounders on that receiving cast. No, there's not dudes. There's one dude that cracked the top 50 in yards. I mean, come on. And Dontavian Wicks, 71st in yards this year with 580 yards. Like, come on. These are just dudes. Let's go to James in Bolingbrook. What's up, James? Hey, what's up, fellas? Uh, great show. Uh, thanks for having me on. So if you give me a little bit of time, I think I could break pretty much all of this down for you guys. I thought the last call was great. I agree with a lot that Earl said, but I see some of the things you guys are saying as well. The first point I want to make is 
the quarterbacks you guys listed about maybe 15 minutes ago, all those quarterbacks, mm-hmm. what's the one thing all of them have in common? They don't play for the Chicago Bears. <laughs> Meaning, <laughs> now stay with me for a second. Meaning, whether you, you could put Dan Marino in a Chicago Bears jersey, Jalen Hurts, uh, Trevor Lawrence, like it's still, it, like the, the last caller said, a lot of it, a lot of it is a quarterback. I'll, I'll say that. But a lot of it is also systematic. It's the organization. Like, we, there's a, nothing just happens by chance. There's a reason for everything. I truly believe that. I think most people believe that. It's not a coincidence that we've never had a franchise quarterback. There has to be a reason for that. And if we, you know, kind of just look in the mirror and stop with the, the delusions of grandeur, or whatever you want to call it, I, I think we can identify the problem. The next thing I want to say real quick. I was one of those fans at the Atlanta game cheering, we want fields. And, but I, I am also someone who can point out his flaws. He was holding the ball too long early in the season, even in the middle of the season. And he does have some issues about missing wide-open guys. But for people like myself and I think others who are fans of fields, it's not as much that we are you know, just – stands of fields and we can't see any flaws in him as much as it is we're more so a fan of fields in opposition to the organization similar to 2020 election we're in election season now a lot of people that and not to get too political but a lot of people that voted for biden weren't necessarily voting for biden because they like biden it was more so an indictment on on the other guy trump and i think that's what you're seeing with a lot of fans with fields it's the point the other caller made, we, I could see the same thing happening with Caleb Williams. It, it's not, it's not real. It's about the guy, but it's not. Whoever we get, Caleb Williams, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, like they're not. It's not a one-to-one equivalency where you can just in a vacuum cherry pick a guy and then put him on the Bears and he's going to overturn or reverse hundreds of years of bad fortunes with quarterback. Like there's millions of them, or not millions, but there's hundreds of different variables that all have to come into concert and be married together from the OC to can this guy lead a locker room, are guys getting behind him, the O-line, the left tackle, the play call. Like, there's so many different things that are involved to make that thing work, to think, well, we could just pick a guy and then he'll, he'll get it done for us. That I think that's kind of short-sighted. And the last thing real quick, because you guys have talked about a lot about Green Bay and a lot about Houston. One word we never use in Chicago, house money. For some reason, we like to think, based on the 85 Bears and holding on to the lure of that and Lovey's teams and our influence on popular culture, that this organization is more than what it actually is. Houston, whether it was Deshaun Watson or C.J. Stroud, if you look, go back and look at the plays they were calling since the beginning of the year for both quarterbacks, they, weren't, they took the training wheels off from day one. They just they didn't have nothing to lose. They said, okay, we took him with the number two pick, be it C.J. Stroud or number one or whatever pick Deshaun Watson with. We have nothing to lose. We're playing with house money. Let's just let him go out there and ball. The Bears never do that. We always play as if, like, we think we're Green Bay or something. Like, we're not. We're, we're, we're the Texans. Mm-hmm. If you draft the quarterback, let him go out there and throw 25 interceptions like Peyton Manning did his first year. All right, James. From it. Thank you for the phone That's call. Appreciate it. Okay. Let's go to Paul in Elmwood Park. What's up, Paul? Man, this this is just exhausting, guys. I just 
But look, let me put it like this. Mike McCarthy has recently been in the headlines as, you know, oh, he got so outcoached. What a terrible coach. One of the worst coaches to win the Super Bowl. But he did win a Super Bowl. Could it be that maybe, just maybe, Aaron Rodgers in his prime carried that thing a little bit? And by the way, he didn't have a great offensive line. He was the most sacked quarterback that year. We literally have Bill Belichick as, as one of the greatest coaches of all time. And the second Tom Brady leaves, you're telling me he just falls apart? He forgot how to coach all of a sudden? All of a sudden, the Patriots are a bad organization. I mean, Peyton Manning got hurt, and the Colts struggled to win one game. And and beyond that, like you're telling me Jim Irsay went from being a terrible owner to being a great owner while Peyton Manning was there to then being a terrible owner once again. Like It's so tied to the quarterback. Now, listen, I've seen plenty of situations where a good or great quarterback has been able to overcome bad coaching, right? Now, there's a lot fewer situations where you have a great coach that's able to overcome a bad quarterback. And if you really want sustained success, you really need both of those. You need a good quarterback and a good coach, and you need talent on a team, and you need to get lucky to stay healthy throughout the year, too. Like, there's a lot that goes into it. But, man, it's not – like, the coaching – the coaching is what takes you over the top, in my opinion. I feel like a lot of coaches can take, you know, nothing and turn it into mediocre talent in this league. And and it's once you get there that you really are limited by coaches. But it starts with the quarterback, guys. I mean, yeah. it's just it's. And if you really want to know the value, look at what they get paid. What exactly. Do they pay coaches mm-hmm. and what do they pay quarterbacks? Paul, so, thanks for thanks the call, man. Appreciate call, it. Guys. Have a good one. Yeah, he's right. It comes down to quarterback. It's the most important position on the right. field. And if you go through these numbers of these quarterbacks that are successful in the league, they all took a jump in their second or third year. And some we, of the first and some of the, yeah. And some of them, the reason I didn't include like Justin Herbert is Justin Herbert came out and was throwing 4,000 yards from the jump. Like right. it was nothing. Mm-hmm. So he never really took the jump because he came in throwing for a ridiculous right. amount of yards and touchdowns of, right from college to the note of training wheels. Like a, a couple callers have brought that up. The training wheels. I think like people say, Oh, like you're holding them back. Maybe the training wheels get taken off because you trust the guy to ride the bike. At yeah, that point. absolutely. Maybe there was no trust in Justin to ride the bike yet. Listen, if you want to, I think that the the Bears had a better overall team than the Texans did. They certainly had mm-hmm. a better defense than the Texans mm-hmm. did this year. Uh, I think that DJ Moore is better than any wide receiver on the Texans right now. Yeah. Um, their offensive line might not be as better. They spent a lot of money on that offensive line. Mm-hmm. But the one position that you cannot argue with was that the quarterback was miles better. Yeah. The quarterback was miles better from CJ Stroud to Justin Fields. And that's why they're in the playoffs. And that's why they're playing the one seed in the Ravens this weekend. We'll take more of your phone calls coming up next. Black and Abdallah, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Follow the show on Twitter. At Chris Black and at Adam A. Abdallah. Talking Bears with you, 312-332-3776. It is currently three degrees. Who's doing the weather report tonight, huh? See, that is something we made you do. Did, when I just, you were producing... did I just create my own adventure here and I'm going to be the one that has to go out No, there? no, I mean like... I feel like because it's like the third day of this, we get it. It's yeah. cold. Yeah. Plus, we got a lot of phone calls. Mm-hmm. Charlie's running the board. 
scratching his neck like a crack addict because he hasn't had a drink in 50, 16 days. <laughs> we'll get into Charlie's dry January experiment a little bit later on. Let's go back to the phones. 312-332-3776. Let's see. Let's go to Derek, who's listening to us on the ESPN Chicago app in Brooklyn. What's up, Derek? Fellas, fellas. How y'all doing, man? Um, First time call, I'm always listening. Normally I call, you know, the morning show, but I'm listening now. But let me say this, man. I'm a diehard Bears fan. Originally from Chicago, but I live. I've been living in New York a long time. Let me let me say this: the whole structure of the Bears organization before Kevin Warren came there, with Ted Phillips and all that, it was just a bad look. You know what I'm saying? Because Ted Phillips never really did anything, as far as my opinion, on the football side of things. He was more business. You got a guy like Kevin Warren and a guy like Ryan Poles, who's aligned, who's 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 actually football minds. We haven't actually had football minds at top management in a long time. So with that being said, the Bears are finally getting that part of the organization together. Now with the quarterback situation, there was a caller who called a little while ago and he said that, and I agree with him, said that I think Ryan Poe should not risk his GM legacy on a player that he didn't draft unless, unless he thinks or he knows for sure that he can get an OC or a coach in there that can bring the very best out of Justin Fields. But if he have second thoughts, and like other people say, you can't let a second year go by having a top pick without picking a quarterback. Now it's crazy how the Justin Fields fans, and I love Justin Fields also, but I'm a Bears fan, so I roll with the organization. So whatever the organization is going to do, that's what I'm going with because I'm a Bears fan at the end of the day. Now let me say this as far as the quarterback. If we do draft Caleb Williams, and Eberflus is still a coach. I still have faith in Eberflus and Ryan Poles to go out and pick an OC that's going to develop the new quarterback if we choose to do that. But if we do keep Fields, then we have to support the decision because we are fans of the organization, and we have to put more around him. We have to upgrade the line. Everything is about upgrades in the NFL. You know, and for that guy to call a few minutes ago and want to be acting like he's a freaking coach and he knows this and that, man, he needs to sit his butt down and shut up and just watch the game. You know what I mean? He want to be bringing up Green Bay receivers, playmakers, play. Why you not coaching then, man? You know what I mean? If you if you know so much about playmakers, you know what I'm saying? But listen, I love you guys. I love Chicago. I love the Bears. Derek, Bear down, baby. Derek, yes, sir. I listen to you when you yes. call into Cap and J Hood. I love your phone calls mostly because you sound like Brooklyn. Like you, like whenever you call in, I'm like, this is Derek from Brooklyn. Brooklyn's like I can in the just, house. like I can just tell it's you, even if you haven't, seen, even if they, like if I listen mid call, I'm like, oh, that's Derek from Brooklyn. I know Derek from you, Brooklyn's voice. It's great. Thank you for calling you know in, it, man. I appreciate, appreciate it, you brothers, man. Thank you guys. Talk to you later. Peace Take up. it easy. Thanks, man. Derek. I love Derek from Brooklyn. He's awesome. So do I. Like he just sounds like Brooklyn. It's mm-hmm. great. I love it. And he's listening on the ESPN Chicago app. Let's go to John's in Orland Park. What's up, John? Hey, guys, thank you so much for taking my call. I'm a first-time caller. But I I do want to say this. I think that we need to take consideration uh, when you guys have done the comparison uh, to the other quarterbacks and what they've done. You know, let's look at the Chicago Bears. Uh, The offensive line that they have, for example, there's not one pro bowler that we have on the offensive line. When you talk about C.J. Stroud, C.J. Stroud has one of the best uh, tackles in football. uh, uh, and, And so he's playing in those games. Stroud has, was not sacked in the game he played. When Love played the other day, you guys said something about coaching, and you say coaching doesn't matter. Well, coaching does matter because, you know, the coach really outcoached Dallas 
uh, the other night because those receivers were wide open. Whether they played a cover two, it didn't make a difference what the defense was. The receivers were open. Our receivers with Chicago Bears are never open. The plays that they run are, you know, just horrible. You know, nobody's open. Fields had no time to throw the ball. I mean, Love had nine seconds. I saw on the game one of those, he had nine seconds to throw the ball. Fields have never had nine seconds really mm. to throw the ball. So in comparing, I think that that's a, a not unfair assessment when you say these guys threw for 40-something, 4,000 yards. You know, Fields have never thrown the ball over 50 times in a game. T.J. Shroud had several games where he's thrown the ball over 50 times. 50 times. In the games they played Green Bay with the Bears lost, in the third quarter, they didn't even pass the ball not one time. There was not one passing attempt in the third quarter of that game they lost. So when you look at Fields, uh, his, even in, in the times he's throwing the ball, the most he's thrown the ball is somewhere around 30-some times that he's thrown the ball, and they're, and they're losing. You know, you don't see where he's throwing the ball that much. The Chicago Bears have always been a run, run offensive-type team. So if we're going to make the assessment, you know, Justin Fields was not given the same opportunities these other guys had when they're, when they're playing, on, even on Green Bay, with Green Bay. The other day with Dallas, Dallas has a phenomenal defense. He's leading. They're in the top five and, and sacking the quarterback. They only sacked uh, the quarterback love one time on yesterday. If the Bears was playing, how many times would Fields be on the yeah, ground? Yeah, but John, 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 how do you explain the year uh, that Watson, Deshaun Watson had in 2022 when he had one of the worst offenses in the, the league, a bottom third off- uh, offensive line in the league? He still threw for 4,800 yards, 33 touchdowns. Okay, but what we need to do then, here's what I, I challenge you to do. See how many times he threw the ball. Well, that's a, I mean, listen, he throws the ball a lot, but that's thanks for the call, John. I appreciate it. That's not the point is that, yes, coaching does matter, mm-hmm. but great players overcome bad coaching. Like, it's not like we've all seen the tape. Everybody's seen Justin Fields and, and slowed down the all 22. We've seen the, the, the screen grab warriors out there that everybody wants to point out that open receivers are there. And Justin's not hitting them. Mm-hmm. And so it's not that he's not throwing the ball. He's also taking a bunch of sacks this year. And listen, it's not like the Bears have been winning a lot of games. Like, wh- why, did, why did Deshaun Watson throw a ton of passes, right? Like, why, why did they, these guys throw a ton of passes? Usually because the game script they dictates losing. they're losing. Bears have been losing a lot of games the last two years in yeah. case you haven't been keeping up. Like, there have been opportunities for him to throw the ball. A lot of times, though, he'll, like... He, John brought up the, the Green Bay game. All right, well, I, I pulled up the box score here and the, the play-by-play. All right, well, you, you scrambled once. That's a pass play. Okay. You got sacked another time. That's a pass play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you scrambled again. So there, there were three pass plays called, and it's not like you had the ball for a lot of time in that quarter either. No, absolutely. You're totally you right. nine plays. Three of them were pass plays. To that point, too, I'm looking at the next-gen stats right now, and Justin Fields had the longest time to throw out of any quarterback in the NFL by yeah. like a pretty significant margin. So Absolutely. to your point, Adam, he's holding on to the ball, and the reason he's not throwing the ball as much as these other quarterbacks is because he's just not throwing it to the receivers when they're there. Here's, my, here's the thing, and I think Derek and Brooklyn said it. We're Bears fans. Mm-hmm. Why don't people want more? I want a better offensive line. They better draft a center or pay money for a center and upgrade the offensive line. Yeah. If they think you need a right tackle, you better get a right tackle. Left tackle. Left tackle, <laughs> sorry. Left tackle and fix that part of the offensive line. You're right. Unless, Darnold, you're, br- Darnold, unless Darnold, you're bringing in Penix. Well, 
<laughs> True. Uh, do you need a better wide receiver? Yeah, you you need playmakers. You should always be looking to upgrade. Your, you're probably going to need a safety because Eddie Jackson's not going to be here. There are a lot of holes. Why don't people want to upgrade the most important position in the NFL? I don't get it. Like that's what's crazy to me. Everything else is oh oh we got to do we got to upgrade the offensive line. We got to add another wide receiver. So every, we got to change the coach. Everything has to be perfect for Justin Fields, except for Justin Fields. How many teams are there? There's probably five teams who can decidedly say we don't need to be looking like we don't need to turn over every hey, Charlie, stone to look for a I, quarterback. You and I have done this exercise a number of times together now. If you, if a team was in the bear situation where you had the great fortune by virtue of making a trade with the Panthers last offseason, how many teams would be drafting a quarterback this year? Like there's probably only 7 teams in the NFL, 7ish teams, 2 thirds. 7ish teams would not be drafting yeah. a, a quarterback yeah, this year. Yeah, 2 thirds would want a new quarterback. Yeah. If they could. If they could. If they had the first overall pick. And, and right. even a lot of that of that third, like a lot of those teams would still at least have the conversation about it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. We'll take all your Bears calls and song of the night coming up next. You're listening to Black and Abdallah, ESPN Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. We'll get to Song of the Night in just a couple minutes here on ESPN Chicago. It's Black and Abdallah. Tyler Aki is in for Chris Black. Let's go to Aaron in Omaha listening on the ESPN Chicago app. What's up, Aaron? Hey, how's it going, fellas? Hey, uh, I'll try to be as quick as I can. I wanted to break down a few things. I uh, just want to let you guys know, I've been starting off uh, listening to Waddle and Sylvie since 2012. I was born in Chicago in uh, 1976. Miss Jeff, man, with his updates, love what Courtney's doing, doing a great job. But listen to all y'all at work from 8 till all the way till I get home. Uh, first thing, uh, polls overall to me, has done a great job, except for uh, trading that second pick for that wide receiver. Obviously, we know who that is. Mm-hmm. But Kevin Flues, I don't really quite understand what Kevin and Poles was doing that. I mean, I understand he's a great defensive coach, but he and Fields have not beat Green Bay since they've both been there. I am a Fields fan. I would love to keep him. But my question is, isn't it better to – just with this new OC, get a brand-new quarterback. Whether it's Caleb Williams or not, who's the second-best quarterback to pick? And then also, since we have all this draft capital and can do all this, would it be wiser to go down to maybe the third pick with the Patriots and then, you know, get some capital? And then, you know, who is that second quarterback that you think is, you know, right after him? My other question I really want to know is, who is the first O-line guy that we can get, and when can we get him? All right. Thanks, Aaron. Appreciate it. That's a lot to go through. Uh, The second-best quarterback quarterback is probably Drake May May or Jaden Daniels. But here's the thing. It doesn't matter who the second-best quarterback is. Mm -mm. Because you have the first overall pick. Yeah, but there is a way where if you don't fall in love with Caleb Williams, where if you're more impressed by Drake May or Jaden Daniels... You could trade back Mm -hmm. to two or three 
and get more draft capital and still get your quarterback. But even if I have the first overall pick, mm-hmm. and maybe there's other GMs out there who are thinking the same way as you and think Drake May is better, and what if you get sniped on you trying to be sly? Yeah. Like, you have the first overall pick. Whether you think it's Drake May, whether you think it's Caleb Williams, whether you think it's Jaden Daniels, you have the first overall pick. You are a quarterback-needy team. You take the quarterback. You don't mess around with this pick. You take the quarterback, whoever you think it is, yeah. is the best. You take them number one overall in this draft. Doesn't matter what kind of haul you can get to bump back, and maybe you can still get your guy at two or three <laughs> or whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You take the guy who you think is the quarterback at number one. You don't mess around with the pick. Yeah, and as far as uh, offensive linemen go, I mean, Joe Alt is out there from Notre Dame. He's probably going to go top 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, Olu Fashanu is also another top 10 guy. Olu Fashanu would be a top 10 pick last year and he yeah. went back to school. Uh, uh, Fuaga from Oregon State, he's probably a top 10 guy. I mean, I don't know really much any other guys besides that. But it's I've, I've seen a lot of people say, like, if you need an offensive lineman, this is a good year to, to be drafting high. Absolutely. Every night around 6.50-ish, it's usually late. You understand, though. It's in the 6.50-ish range. We bring you the song of the night. I want to rock! Hey, turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because it's time for... What dial? There's there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an... Ah, never mind. Crank the volume because it's time for Bleck and Abdallah's Song of the Night. Yo, later. And tonight we go to 1972... Crocodile Rock off the album Don't Shoot Me, I'm Only the Piano Player. We've also got a giveaway coming up for you here in just a few minutes. I don't know if you watch award shows, Tyler. Yesterday was the Emmys. I love award shows. I think people deserve to be celebrated for doing cool things. Um, Fair enough. And yesterday on the Emmys, Elton John won an Emmy for his Farewell from Dodger Stadium concert special. And that officially put him into EGOT territory. He is the 19th person to win an, an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. He won Grammys for a couple songs, most notably uh, the soundtrack to The Lion King. Uh, he won an Emmy or a Grammy for that. He won an Emmy last night. He's won Oscars for songs from also from uh, The Lion King and whatnot. But also he won a Tony for Aida, which was a play that he did as well. So he is now officially the 19th member. Uh, the last person that went in for becoming an EGOT member uh, was Viola Davis went in last year. Uh, he has changed the name of that, by the way. What, EGOT? EGOT, yeah. What's wrong with EGOT? E- Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. What I know, else? but it like... You want to call it a toge? Yeah. No. I do. A toge. I don't like a toge. Toge is weird. EGOT. Come on. EGOT. John Legend's got an EGOT. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg's an EGOT member. Jennifer Hudson from Chicago's got an EGOT. They're, they're ni- he's the 19th person to get an EGOT because of his... Uh, 
concert film last night, the Dodgers, the tour from Dodger Stadium. You know, my mom used to sing this to me when I was a baby all the time. Well, it she was always. Well, I don't know why I asked if did you know. I, don't, I would hope you didn't. I didn't know. know. I did not know that. But now you know. My mom uh, used to sing this song to me all the time as a baby. I learned something uh, tonight. And if you are caller 10 and 20 right now at 312-332-3776, we're giving you a pair of tickets to Hardy, All right. the Quit Tour. Uh, Hardy with special guests Kip Moore and Travis Denning, Saturday, July 27th at the Credit Union 1 Amphitheater in Tinley Park. Tickets go on sale this Friday, 10 a.m. Central at LiveNation.com. But you can win right now. Callers 10 and 20 each get a pair. 312-332-3776. I don't know who any of those people are. You said you do because you're a countryman. I think in my top five on Spotify rap. Oh, really? Okay. Big Hardy fan. All right. All right. So if you're a big Hardy fan or Kit Moore or Travis Denning. Maybe I'll see you there. Yeah. 312-332-3776 or else a pair of them will go uh, to Tyler. (laughs) Your song of the night, Elton John, Crocodile Rock, the newest member of the EGOT family. Turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because it's time for... What dial? There's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an... Ah, never mind. Crank the volume because it's time for Black and Abdallah's Song of the Night. Yo, later. Chicago's home for sports. Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago.